Good morning, Jaywalkers. It's your favorite crossing guard, JJ. Yeah, I know I'm your only crossing guard, but that means I win by default. Anyways, things have been settling down at our place finally, so hoping it stays that way for a little while. Gonna be at Rise at the Phoenix on the 16th. Looks like we'll be quiet until February. We'll see if that changes. Today we're gonna cover Alyssa's Law, which came out of the Parkland shooting, so if that's not something you can handle right now, no sweat. We'll see you soon with hopefully a more fun topic. So Alyssa's Law is a legislation to improve the response time of law enforcement during emergencies in public schools. It mandates that all public elementary and secondary school buildings be equipped with silent panic alarms that directly notify law enforcement. Alyssa Eldahef was a 14-year-old student at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School when a former student killed 17 students in a mass shooting. Her mother founded the nonprofit Make Our Schools Safe Aimed, aimed at providing safety measures intentionally made for the needs of schools. An important note is that the exact wording varies from state to state, but as Alyssa's law requires all public elementary, middle, and high school buildings be equipped with a silent alarm to notify law enforcement in case of emergency. Five states have passed this into law, five more have similar legislation pending, and there's a push to make this law on the federal level. Before I get into the main opinion pieces, Here's a piece I found from a high school newspaper from the Atlanta area on how their students feel. As 2019 comes to an end, we have already had 392 mass shooting incidents. With a central location in Midtown Atlanta, Grady is vulnerable to attack, and since it has few precautions, students have few reasons to feel secure. Every classroom has a shiny silver plate that resembles a light switch with a white button in the center that is supposed to act as an emergency button but their reliability is questionable at best. They were added to Grady during the 2003 renovation and are dated and ineffective, with an electrical-based system rather than a computer-based one, which means an outage affects the system. The way it works is to press the button, which rings a bell in the office, and the office is required to call back before calling the emergency number. Administrators also admit to being unsure if all of the buttons work, citing cell phones as a good enough way to communicate emergencies. Cell phones aren't always accessible during class time, though, so those emergency alert measures need to be updated. Panic systems are currently being introduced in classrooms across America. In Broward County, Florida, the Imagine Charter School at Weston began installing panic uh, buttons to enable teachers or students to summon the help if they press the duress alarm. The wireless device works with the Active Shooter Response Threat Alert System which has two-way communication between the classroom and responder and sends out an alert with the exact location of an emergency right down to the classroom in the building. The new buttons are to prevent confusion like, wi like which occurred during the tragic Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School mass shooting February 14, 2018, and their emergency radio system froze and 14 students and three faculty members were killed. There are a few ways a new button system could create problems. On December 3rd, Arlington High School in Dutchess County, New York, had a technological error in its lockdown alert system, causing a false alarm. Panic ensued as the building began turning off its lights and the students hid. However, a potential false alarm is a small price to pay for potentially saving students' lives. Grady and all of Atlanta public schools are part of the Sandy Hook Promise, whose mission is to create a culture engaged in preventing shootings, violence, and other harmful acts in schools. Currently, Grady does little to honor this promise, but with the upcoming 2020-2021 renovations, 
we could make changes to update the school to really live up to it. And now, the trouble with silent alarm apps. As of December 20th, 2022, there were 300 school shootings in the U.S. A decade ago, it was 15. Debate continues to wage on, but we, as the adults, need to find foolproof ways to protect children in school. The couple who wrote the opinion piece have over a combined 90 years experience in school administration and operations, from serving in local school districts all the way to U.S. Secretary of Education. And they've learned that safety must be prioritized above all else. Tragedies like the shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde demonstrate just how much seconds count in a crisis. Even the time it takes to signal an alert can be the difference between a close call or another tragedy. In the wake of recent shootings, lawmakers have called for hardening schools, adding protective glass to make classroom windows bulletproof, installing metal detectors and automatic locks, all while striving to maintain a learning environment where students can, you know, learn. Thanks to laws like Alyssa's Law, schools have started adding silent panic alarm technology to classrooms, aka SPAT. These alarms activate silently to alert school officials and emergency responders to the incident. Over 80% of Texas schools use an app-based SPAT, including Robb Elementary. They provide the illusion of security, but nothing more. They work like any other app on your phone, downloaded using the teacher's district email. And that's the problem. If you've ever tried to load a boarding pass on your phone, you can see the flaw in using the same technology to get a hold of police during a shooting. If service is spotty, you might not be able to send an alert, but you might also miss one coming in, and a crisis doesn't care. It doesn't care if cell service is spotty, if the teacher forgot their password, or if you have to dig through your purse to find a phone just to navigate to the app. Fortunately, a solution that doesn't require Wi-Fi already exists. A sensor worn around the teacher's neck that uses Bluetooth technology to give first responders location data on a classroom-by-classroom basis during a crisis. When the button is pressed, not only are emergency services alerted, the school's alarm system is triggered and administration is notified immediately, so the school can go straight into lockdown. A simple, discreet solution that can be depended on in the worst case. We need to stop working with half measures and merely ticking the box on student safety thinking it won't happen here. It does, and we need to be prepared. So we've seen that maybe apps are a problem, but not necessarily alarms in general. With the counterpoint, an article from Campus Safety. If an organization knew tonight that their premises is going to be targeted by an active shooter the very next day, they would do everything in their power to protect all persons who occupy the building and others who planned on being inside or coming to the building. Unfortunately, This is the mindset that at-risk organizations have to have every day so they can keep people safe. They use alarms and security professionals to help create momentum for designing and building the right physical and electronic countermeasures. Adding the active shooter risk and you need armed and trained security personnel located at the premises because the response time of armed personnel only takes second priority to having early detection of an armed incident. Time to locate and neutralize the assailant is also critical. Prior to the epidemic of active shooter incidents in the U.S., the alarm and central station industry might not have recognized the myriad of increased risks they face 
because they're responsible for the design, installation, placement, and monitoring of panic alarm systems. Central station just means the alarm goes to a call center or something like that, and they call the authorities from there. If those are the alarms you have, you need to know their limitations so that you can keep your organization safe. Even if the panic alarm system works as intended, or in accordance with nationally recognized industry standards and best practices, by notifying the central station and the police are dispatched at the scene, to the scene, persons can still be seriously injured and or killed because most active shooters are finished within five minutes. An alarm system isn't sufficient on its own for this kind of situation. And if the company hasn't warned the user of this up front, or does not provide written warnings up front and have them acknowledged by the customer also in writing, who wants to have a panic alarm system installed in their premises is at an increased risk of liability that is already present. Before anything is recommended, installed, and monitored by an alarm company, the subscriber must be made fully aware of the other things that need to be integrated into the protection strategies to help address these dangers, despite the fact that alarm contractors do not offer these services. Educating customers is a way to amplify that if any company believes that mere installation of a panic alarm system is going to make a difference, they are ill-informed. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to campus security. In the security industry, there isn't a single product that can neutralize or prevent a mass shooting event. The best protection strategies employ a layered approach. Even if a panic button or alarm is pushed right when an incident begins, without other physical security present, including but not limited to trained armed security guards, people will still be injured or even killed before the police can arrive. Then there are the variables that can't be known until an incident occurs, such as what the assailant is armed with or armored by, or what might hamper response time, such as app or alarm maintenance or presence, or even other events requiring police presence. While some believe that something is better than nothing, they need to think again, because the active shooter risk needs to be met head-on with the strongest physical and electronic security available in combination with robust countermeasures that must include on-site properly armed and trained security staff. It is important to note that when I say properly armed, the author is focusing on the all-too-often limited firepower circumstances, whereby security is outgunned by the active shooter. In sum, the use of handguns by security to try to stop an active shooter with an AK-47 or something similar has to change now because not doing so undermines the very reason for having on-site security. No memes again today. I didn't have the mental space for Tumblr or X arguments on whether teachers need to be armed after going through all this. Might cover that eventually. I might have my cyborg princess do it. Might even have one of the other teachers I know do it because it's a big bone of contention in education right now. So, I guess we go into the takeaway. Oh, this is awful. And I hate that this is a conversation we need to have and something I need to give this much space in my life for. I can't say I trust the apps, especially after hearing about them logging people out for inactivity, but I also balk at having fully armed guards in schools. For one, I just don't see it being easy to learn with that around. But... What happens when it goes wrong? People occasionally snap, and if that person is the armed guard at a school, we've given them an easy way to take their problems out on children and become the problem. And then there's idiot kids, 
I think we can all think of a kid we went to school with that would fixate on the gun and either try to take it or have panic attacks. Is there a good solution that's not listed here? Or is it all just picking through the wreckage of human misery and praying it somehow stops? On on that happy note, I guess, jaywalking through life is a hidden star graphics property. Questions, answers, topic suggestions can be sent to jaywalkthroughlife at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be taking December off from the show, uh, most likely January as well, but we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.